And I realized that, oh my God, I really missed this move right here. Hey everybody, Vince from Metal Sucks here. We are back with the quarantine cast where we are quarantined, you are quarantined, everybody is quarantined, including the musicians that we all love. Everybody's at home, everybody's in their mom's garage, everyone's in their mother-in-law's house. We ain't doing shit, so we're just checking in with folks. And today we have Steel Panther vocalist Michael Starr checking in from what looks like his mom's garage there. How you doing today, Michael? Pretty good, man. You know, we went from Lexi's mom's garage to my mom's garage. And I'm doing laundry. I'm actually doing laundry right now. Fantastic. I I can see that. Yeah, that's good. You got to, you know, got to get the household chores done. So, I mean, I got to ask, you know, first of all, what fucking day is it? That's a really good question. I haven't checked my Instagram to find out from Steel Panther. So I'm assuming it's Thursday, right? It is Thursday. All right, cool. Very good. Good job. Very nice. It's, I know it's, it's not it's not easy figuring out what day it is. It's hard. It's usually, hard. You know, when I'm on tour, I have a tour schedule, an app on my phone called Tour Master or Master Tour, and I can check like what I have to do in that day, what day it is, what city I'm in, and what time we go on. And without that, I'm pretty much lost. How, how are you getting by now? I mean, you know, I, I imagine for somebody like yourself who's used to babes, blow, booze, uh, these might be kind of hard times for you get, getting through right now at home all alone. It's definitely was a, a stress, stressful adjustment. I mean, really, I mean, we, we had a show, we got back from Europe February 18th and then we had a show March 13th in Vancouver, two nights at Vancouver hard rock casino. And we flew out there and we got there, got my hotel room. We got all the gear through customs, all that stuff. It took a lot of work to get there. And we get there, sitting in the hotel room, and I get a call about 8 p.m. And they said the shows were canceled for tomorrow and the next night. So we had to really work fast to get home because they were just starting to shut down Canada. So we you know, tried to get online with the airlines, and that was the most difficult thing to do because everybody was trying to rearrange their travel at that moment out of Canada. And just in general, and, and out of the whole world, yeah, literally yeah, everywhere, whole, exactly the same. Real. So you know, we got flights out and we got home, and uh, and then the reality started kicking in about what is going on, what's happening, and what the future, the uncertainty of the future looks like for us as a band. And it was so stressful, man. It kicked my ass. I was freaking out, like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? What's happening? And I got to be honest with you, man. After about three or four weeks. The stress level went down. The reality of where we're at as a nation and as world, uh, I just, I got adjusted to the schedule and I found myself busy and like, I started getting more creative. I had more time, uh, to, to do things that normally I would like put out of my mind because, Oh, I don't have time to do that. I I'm too busy. And now I started hearing about stuff opening up and I'm like, Oh my God, it's so stressful. We're opening up, you know, I actually have to go interact with people in the world again. I know, like, yeah. I don't know what that's like, honestly, I haven't done it in so long other than like to get gas. Yeah. I, right. I just, and I, I, I miss, I miss the connection with other human beings and I miss performing so much. And I realize that I need a lot of attention 
and I'm not getting the amount of attention I'm used to getting, right? So I've been, you know, I started vaping too, and I noticed I'm vaping way more, and I'm like trying to talk to people, and I'm zooming all the time, and I realized that, oh my God, I really missed this move right here. Yeah! Right? <laughs> and I think I replaced the microphone with a fucking vape, so now I'm like, I gotta quit smoking this vape, right? But, uh, it's, it's been, it's been stressful, but I, I've, I've, uh, adapted to it like we do as human beings, but change is very difficult, man. It's like, I have, a, like I was telling you earlier about that master tour schedule. I really enjoy, uh, having a schedule. It makes me feel comfortable. Right. And without it, I've been kind of just doing whatever, whatever I want. Right. And it's just been, it's just been a huge change for, for me personally. And also, I, I don't know if I'm answering questions you're about to ask, but, you know, just not even being next to the guys on a regular basis has been such an adjustment, you know, and we start pitting against each other and thinking, oh, I don't like this guy and I don't like him. And then we get on the phone and we're like, oh, we love each other. Hey, what's up, dude? Uh, that's adorable. Honestly, it, that's kind of cute. Do you guys do like uh, like weekly Zoom calls or like are you in touch? You text and so on and so forth. Yeah. I mean, at first we were doing Zoom calls just about every other night, just talking about setting up some sort of uh, business plan and, you know, around this new uh, pandemic. And we realized that no matter how long those conversations were, the next day, everything changed anyways. So all the planning that we were doing early on in this lockdown, everything would change, you know, within 48 hours. So we, we've just relegated ourselves to about every three days we get on a, a Zoom call and we just talk about what's been going on in our personal lives and not bring any business in and just because it was it got really stressful for us because we nobody knew what to do, you know, and we yeah, still I mean, don't like really these know. are, you know, your, your guy, you spend half the year on the road with them, maybe more. He's like, you guys do a lot of stuff outside of tours, too. You know, you play like in Vegas and L.A. and so on and so forth. I mean, you're with yeah. these guys all the time. Uh, like, it's kind of cute, actually. You you miss your bandmates, I have to say. Oh, That's yeah. I, I really, really miss the camaraderie between us because I would say probably 60 percent of my life is touring and then being home and doing the home stuff. But now it's all home. So that is a big change too, as well. And I, and I miss that part of my life because it's, it's a big part of the passion of what drives me as a human being is playing music. So it's been tough, dude. Tough. Man. Well, uh, what have you been doing? Uh, you know, other than laundry, uh, I see you've got a nice looking guitar in the background there. Maybe it just looks cool. Maybe you actually play no, it. it. This is the fuck. This is the satchel model, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it looked familiar. I thought it might be. And I can actually play guitar. This guitar was given to me by Satchel. Very nice. And then this is Satchel. And I used to live together a long time ago, and this is a guitar that um, when I, I moved in with him uh, when I was going through a divorce, and he let me use this guitar, right? And I liked it so much, I asked him if I could buy it. And he said, "Dude, you can have it." And oh no, he charged me hundred bucks for it, right? Just just out of principle, <laughs> you know. So I bought it for hundred bucks, and I've had it ever since. And I play it all the time, and I record with it. And I love this guitar, and it's signed by Steve Jones. It's so beautiful. Even, it's uh, it's uh, for anybody that's listening to the audio version of this and not the video. It looks like uh, some kind of white Strat, uh, maybe uh, you know, like it, an older one. There, it's a nice nice guitar, and then the the Sashel uh, Charvel with with um 
yellow and black tiger stripes in the background there. It's beautiful. It's a badass guitar. It's got a floating Floyd Rose. So yeah. if you can't if you can't bend very well, you can just do the old uh, Kaler fucking thing on it. And it. It works great. It stays in tune. It sounds amazing. I have all kinds of stuff in my studio that I like to tinker around with. And Satchel's been writing like a motherfucker and sending songs over to me. And um, they're really great. And, you know, I've been trying to do the same and just stay creative and and just write, you know. And I'm not writing stuff necessarily with a vision. I'm just writing because I like to write. And it, it makes me feel good to write. And, you know, when we're on the road, it's hard for us to 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 get into that writing process, especially for for me being a vocalist. Most of my bandwidth for my voice is used on stage. So I'm so grateful that, uh, you know, I got some time home to sing. It's really fun. I like singing. Of, what kind of stuff are you working on? Just like personal solo stuff? Uh, not not necessarily stuff for a Steel Panther, just your own your own stuff? Just a lot of sweet jazz mixed with fusion. And uh, no, just heavy metal, dude. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> I love metal. It's like I keep writing these songs and they sound like rat. And I'm like, fuck, well, how am I going to get out of this? No, and you're never going to. You're never going to get out of that. I can't. I can't break it. Right. And then I start doing another one and it sounds like, well, it kind of sounds like Van Halen. I'm like, God, it sounds like Van Halen. Maybe Whoops. I'll try it again. Whoops. Yeah. Oh, this ballad sounds like poison. Fuck. Damn it. I can't stop myself. It would, Can it would I swear be... on this? Yeah, of course. Oh. It, it, it would be uh, it would be disappointing if you did anything else, frankly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but I know you're busy with the band, too. Uh, I, I read last week that Steel Panther actually are going to save the world. Yeah, it turns can you out. believe that? I mean, it's, I it's mean, pretty unbelievable, but I have faith in you to do it. Well, you, you hear the stress that's involved with this lockdown, and I'm sure that everybody else has a, you know, something similar to this feeling that I have shared earlier. And it's like, you know, people, I, I think people could probably use some steel Panther shows, you know, some shows just to get out of the reality of what's going on and have a good time. I mean, that's what I miss is, you know, cracking jokes, having fun and playing heavy metal. I mean, that's the whole purpose of my soul being really <laughs> when you get so, down yeah. to it. <laughs> I mean, if, if I was, if, if Van Halen would do that or rat would do it or Avenged sevenfold would do one, I would be there watching it too, because I love music and I love metal and I think that this community of playing music and that connection between people, that can save the world, dude. I hear you, man. Well, look, I mean, you did have Sammy Hagar. In the, I don't know where you stand on Van Hagar, you know, whatever you think. It's cool. We're, we're in a non-judgmental zone here. But I did see him come out yesterday or, or the day before and say something about, like, Van Halen's not dead. So maybe oh next summer, God. you know, maybe that would we'll. Be, yeah. That is such a hot topic. What a great one to talk about. Because I, I love Van Halen. Obviously, the David Lee Roth era is my favorite Van Halen era. Obviously. But after after I grew up a little bit and was able to reflect yes. on that era, I really I enjoyed the Van Halen 5150 record when it first came out. And after that, I kind of got disinterested. But looking back at it, it's it's all great material. You know? There's and some jams were, there, man. There's oh, some great dude. jams. Van Halen and even Van Halen's, you know, original record with David Lee Roth, all the old demos that they redid. That was really cool. Oh, the one that came out like a few years ago. You mean? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah that was a good record. That was yeah. bad. I mean, I, I really I love Van Halen so much that I'll take whatever they give. Uh -huh. So, you know, if Sammy Hagar gets, you know, I was right there in the front row for David Lee Roth when he opened up for Kiss 
at Stable Center, and that was the last show I went to. Wow. And I was right. Yeah, dude, the last show before the quarantine for me. Wow. And, uh, That's a was, hell of a way to go out. It was killer, man. I was like a little kid in the front. I literally could touch the stage from where I was standing. Um, were, were, were luckily, you like, a wait, lot of, waiting for David Lee Roth to like sweat on you and then never shower again. I just wanted him to look at me. Right. <laughs> but I, I don't think he could see me because he might need glasses now. You know, he was just kind of like, dude, that dude's like, got LASIK. You know, Dave. like he's in, he, he got all the surgeries, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure he could well, see his you dad fine. Was his dad was a, a, a surgeon in autometry. So I think that he probably could figure yeah, out some way like, to get his eyes fixed. He's good. Have you ever met David? I have. I've met David several times. Early in my life, I met him. I was in a Van Halen tribute band. And uh, this is how Satchel ended up getting into the Van Halen tribute band, is Dave actually took our guitar player and brought him on tour for the Sam and Dave tour. And uh, so we we uh, got together and had we had some dinner at the Rainbow, and I got to hang out with him and talk to him. And I was so excited to meet him because I've never met him. I've And this is – you have to remember, this is back in like 90 – five or six, maybe seven. I forget the years, but this is before you could just look on social media and see what somebody's about. Right. And so when I met him, I was excited to see the real Dave, like to get to know him and like break bread with him. And man, I swear to God, he sat down and I thought I was watching an interview with Van Halen. He was the same exact <laughs> dude on the interviews that he, you know, the same guy was there. So I that was pretty it. cool. But he's he's one of a kind. And, you know, still there's like every now and then an interview pops up with Dave and, you know, and you'll read it and you're like, wow, like he is really that dude, you know, and he says his same like half nonsensical stuff, you know, and you're like, hell yeah, man, you be you yeah. never change. I don't know what you said, but it sounded cool. Yeah, exactly. No idea. <laughs> and then I got to meet him in 2016. I, I got a call from uh, Greg Bissonette about uh, getting together with the guys from Dave's original solo band for the Eat Him and Smile reunion. Ooh, man. And uh, Dave was locked up with Van Halen and, and wasn't going to be able to do it. So they asked me if I would come down and sing the record from you know, the first track to the last track at this place called Lucky Strike down in Hollywood. And uh, I was like, are you kidding me? I would, it would be an honor to do it, right? So I, I was excited. You know, The press release came out. And uh, it was going to happen. And and then I got a call from Steve Vai the night before. And he said, hey, man, we appreciate that you were going to come down. But Dave called and said he really wants to do it. Oh, and God, in, inside it was like crushed. I was like, oh. But then I was like, can I come? He's like, oh, of course, <laughs> dude. You can totally come. So I went down to the show. And I was uh, excited. And, and uh, it turns out that one of uh, Dave's handlers used to be an accountant of mine. Her name is Jerry Miller, or I think it's Jerry Leonard or something like that. Yeah, Jerry Leonard. And she grabbed me. She goes, hey, Dave wants to talk to you. And I'm like, what? So I went backstage and I was, uh, I walk in. He goes, there he is. What's up, Michael from Steel Panther, David Lee Ralph. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I, I stood there and talked to him. Well, he talked to me for about, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. And it was, it was, talks. yeah, but it was, it was different than the time that I had dinner with him at the rainbow. It was definitely more real. And during the time of us talking, the, the bands on stage waiting for him to come on to do the show, 
and they end up canceling the show because the fire marshal came and shut it all down. Oh, so man. the show never happened. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like, like I never heard about it. Like, I would have known about, what did you say, 2016? That was? I believe that was here. Like, yeah. I would have known about that. Like, I'm sitting here, like, I don't remember this. Um, I mean, because that, truthfully, like, that's the stuff that I want to hear performed as a fan. Like, and you know, you talked about going to see him open for kiss. I saw the set list for that tour and it was mostly Van Halen stuff, which great, obviously, you know, but like, I want to hear him playing stuff from Edom and smile and skyscraper. Like that's the shit that, you know, yeah, you, just don't, you. you don't get to see that, you know? Yeah. He did some tobacco road and he killed it. It was great to watch him do that. Cause I, I think that he really connected with that song at the show I was at. And he just, I, I'll tell you what, people have been ripping on him about not singing like he would sing the record and that he's not trying and he doesn't really care. And I got to tell you, man, watching him up close, he is tr putting every bit of effort into that live show that he can. And he, I was, it was mind blowing to watch it. It was killer. I, I and he's not it. a spring chicken anymore. I mean, yeah, know? I was going to say, like, he's over 70, right? Like, he's he's up there. Well, you know, hopefully he's not, because that means I'm older, too. So <laughs> let's just let's keep him at 65. How's that? All right, all right. You got a deal. You got this concert coming up, and it's going to benefit animals, if I understand, and humans. Uh, you yes. tell us a little bit about how that's going to work. Well, a, por a, a portion of the proceeds are going to Heavenly Pets Animal Rescue in Los Angeles. And uh, that we did actually did a Steel Panther kitty cam from there live a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the cats got all adopted like that. It was really cool. And so we partnered with them. And um, so we're going to be donating to that cause because we like cats. We all, everyone in the band, cats well, not great. everyone, three guys out of the band have multiple cats. So it's something that we're really into. And, and then another one is, um, a lot of the guys that, that have worked for us in the past uh, for road crew, sound guys, lighting guys, staging guys, uh, every, from all behind the scenes guys that are all out of work right now, there's a fund that Live Nation put together and I'm, it's called Live Nation Fund to help out touring crew members. Right, it's a and, live crew, right? I believe is the name Yes, of that. live crew. Yeah. So we're, we're gonna contribute to that too as well because without them, the show doesn't go on. I mean, really. Yeah, I mean, man. we could we could go back to playing with small little amps and a kick, snare, and drum and, and one mic, but who's going to run the PA? Who's going to tune Satchel's guitar? Who's going to turn on the cheater tracks for me? Exactly. Nobody. Yeah, need nobody. all those people. Need that shit. Well, it sounds like you're going to be putting on, like you're going to be employing some of those people for this show. Like you're going to have the full yes. production, uh, multi-camera angles, so on and so forth, right? It's going to be like a, almost like a, a real Steel Panther show. Yeah, well, we have to – there's strict guidelines from the governor of California about how many people can be in a room at the same time, what the square footage is of the stage that we're going to be shooting at. Um, so we have to abide by that. So we'll be shorthanded a bit, but we still will have enough people to get you know, a really killer production out on the internet. And you know, we've never done it before. We're uh, trying to cross every dot or cross every T and dot every I, and there's a lot – our drummer right now is acting manager of the band. So he's, he's been working his ass off, you know, trying to get all this together with our marketing guy and our, our web guy. And, uh, I think it's going to go off good. You know, I've been practicing, I've been singing and getting ready to go and it should be killer. Hell yeah. Like, are you guys actually going to rehearse for this or just uh, step on the stage and hope it works out? 
No, we're going we're gonna to do a, uh, like a, I guess you would call it, what do they call that before you? Dress oh, rehearsal. God. Yeah, I guess dress rehearsal. Or like dry live run rehearsal. or something? Yeah, dry dress live rehearsal the dry day hump. before. Dry humping, yeah. yeah. We're going to have sex without putting our penis in a vagina. <laughs> we're going to go play and no one's going to see it. We're going to make sure all the connections work and and we're going to rock and we, we're going to have confetti and we're going to actually give away a year supply of monster too. Oh, cool. Yeah. That'd I saw cool. there, there was, there was some kind of tie in with the, um, the guitar pedal, the, the butthole burner, right? It's like, yes. Yeah. Actually... If you bought it, if you actually bought a butthole, a butthole burner, you get a free ticket to come to the show and we're going to be giving away three butthole burners during the show and a bunch of other stuff from monster monster actually is, uh, uh sponsoring this along with, I believe DW drums. Oh, yeah. I could be wrong because, well, I have a DW, DW drum set, but does that mean they're sponsoring us? It, it could. Yeah, maybe. Well, whatever. They just got some free yes. advertising out of this interview. So, like, it's good for them. They're happy. I'll say it even again because good job, DW. You did it. You gave away some free gear, and it worked because yeah, a famous we, musician is talking about you. <laughs> it's funny because we're doing it at, a, at an undisclosed location. And that's all I can say. But it's going to be completely sanitized all the way through. Is it going to be like, can anybody look at it and be like, I know where that is? I don't think so. Because once you're in the soundstage, it looks like an airport hangar, basically. So you can't really tell. Hmm. So no, no, it won't, it won't look like this. No groupies. We're not doing it in here. We're yeah. going to actually, we, we might even have a drum riser. It should be bitching. Wow. Hell yeah. Good for yep. you. Um, well, that's great, man. I, I wish you all the luck. I mean, seriously, I could sit here and rap about Van Halen with you all day, which I think is probably what you would rather do uh, too than like talk about the butthole burner. But like, uh, you know, I appreciate the time and uh, hope you guys stay safe. Best to all your bandmates and all the fans. Uh, it's June 7th, right? The the concert. Yeah, June 7th. It starts at 2 p.m. in Los Angeles. And I got the times right here. 5 p.m. New York, 10 p.m. London. 11 p.m. in Berlin, 7 a.m. Monday morning in Sydney, and 2.30 at the stripper's house. Hell yeah, socially distant stripper. Yeah, but I want to tell you, dude, I love talking about everything, Steel Panther. So anytime you want to talk, let's do it. All right, you got it, man. Um, and where can people watch this? Is this on uh, Facebook Live, YouTube, website? Where well, is it? Well, here's what you do. You go to steelpantherrocks.com to buy a ticket, and all the instructions – are there. It even has like a list of questions that you might have with all the answers there. And it's a really easy read because Lexi read it and was able to, to do all the steps in it. So that way, you know that even you can do it at home. Good to know. Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the Metal Sucks Quarantine Cast. Thanks for covering us, dude.